0: Computer. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Psychic Wives. I'm Jerry Carabin.
1: I'm Ginger Hendry. And I'm Kathy
0: Rumsey. So today we have a guest, sort of not guest. <laughs> today our very own Kathy Rumsey is going to talk to us a little bit, and I think this is a, a great um, topic here. Um, Kathy is a handler, instructor, and evaluator for an, an organization called Pet partners who worked with therapy dogs so she's going to talk to us today about her experiences with that and Kathy do you just want to start off by just what's a therapy dog
1: okay so I, yeah and actually I should have I should have um said that pep partners actually does nine different species of animals that we oh cool so it's actually therapy animals okay um but yeah so I I can't remember all nine of them, but there are nine. Um, and uh, yeah, so what did you ask me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I want to know, and there's a couple other things that we're, I'm going to ask later. We're going to get down to it later. The differences between um, certain titles, yeah. I guess we'll call it. But can you explain or give kind of just a rough definition of what a therapy therapy animal, animal is? is. Absolutely. Yes.
1: So a therapy animal is someone's pet. So I have, um, I have a therapy dog Fenway. Um, currently he is my pet. He is, he is just a pet. He has not got any special, anything unless we are going to visit. Um, so we visit, or we can visit, I should say, cause we're not visiting anywhere right now, uh, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, schools, group homes, nursing homes, hospitals, all kinds of, of places where people basically just need some good unconditional love from an animal. So he is not, um, as opposed to, there are two other categories that sometimes therapy dogs in particular versus other therapy animals get confused with, and that is emotional support animals, and service animals. So, could you uh, kind
0: of break that down for us? Like, is there a, sure. the difference between them? Yeah, because I so do agree with you. I think everybody throws them all into one thing, and they're totally yeah. Not. They're,
1: they're so not one thing. So, therapy therapy animals are again they are just they are somebody's pet. Now, there is a process that you have to go through to become evaluated to to be a therapy animal, but um, It is, it is, he's not a therapy animal for me, technically. I mean, Uh. (laughs) all our dogs are our own therapy animals. But um, it is about me going with Fenway somewhere, doing a visit to serve someone else. An emotional support animal is an animal who is still somebody's pet but that person has some kind of emotional need or mental health issue that rep- that basically having their pet with them calms them down and makes them feel
0: better. It's so emotionally- there's the big distinction, meaning sure. excuse so, me, one is to help others. One is to help you. Right. So right. emotional
1: support animals help the owner personally. Um, it's a little bit i don't i haven't looked it up lately but it's a little bit of um you probably saw in the news a couple of years ago with people bringing animals on planes and different species of animals and turkeys and this and that i think um turkeys <laughs> no seriously <laughs> i didn't see They're that one. <laughs> <It's> crazy <laughs> uh, the airlines have kind of shut it down the problem is is that emotional support animals there's no regulation, there's no oversight. Um, so it's it's difficult and uh it's 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 a thing. It's a, a bit of a uh, can I say shit show? I can. Yeah. Make it in. Yeah. <laughs> and then there are service animals, which I always understood to be that only dogs were considered service animals, though. I read somewhere recently that now there are some other species that can also be service animals. Again, there's not a lot of oversight or regulation. Um, however, service animals are animals who are um, trained specifically to perform a task to help their human. So think of uh, seeing a, eye dog. Dog, a seeing eye dog, right? Or a guide dog, you know. Um, there are also like diabetics. A lot of people who are diabetics have service animals because the service animal can smell a change in their human. Is that right? Yes, it also, is. Oh, yes, like yes. epilepsy. Epi- okay, thank epilepsy. you. Epilepsy and, and, yes. and diabetics. Um, and the other big one for that is service animals have become incredibly helpful for people with PTSD. Yes. They're able to sense when their human is about to have an episode, and they perform a task that they've been trained to do. So that's a really specific thing, is that the person has to have a diagnosis of something, and the the animal has to be trained to perform a task to help with whatever that medical issue is. Like with epileptics or diabetics, I know of a dog who basically lays down so that when the person, if they go into a seizure, they fall on the dog instead of falling on the ground. Um, the, and service animals are protected by the American Disabilities Act. So they are allowed anywhere, um, that their human is allowed
2: mm.
1: emotional support animals are not allowed anywhere their and their human is allowed because it's not it's not stringent and it's one of those you know if i have anxiety issues and i feel better when my cat's with me that's awesome but it's not a necessity
0: yeah i think it's really important what you're saying that there's not for an emotional support animal there's no certification or evaluation or training someone well, right and it
1: is supposed to be that the animal's supposed to be well behaved and blah 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 but and there is i believe so there is some maybe like housing and stuff it's like you can't deny somebody their animal um, you can't deny renting them a place because they have an animal if it's an emotional support animal. The issue with that is, and I don't, I like, I don't want to make this an an episode about emotional support animals because I don't a hundred percent know the latest information, but basically what happened was it became something that really got abused by people. Mm. Um, there are people with genuine, um, for lack of a better word, call it mental health issues that could really benefit from it. But then there are some people that just wanted their dog with them all the time.
2: Right, right, <laughs> and
1: right. it, um, it became, it, it got, it got uh, taken advantage of. And, um, and um, um, I'm so sorry, I'm getting interrupted here um it got taken advantage of and and it it's like the people who were taking advantage of it did a huge disservice to those people who really needed it yeah um, so and and you know one of my one of my um things is who doesn't feel better with, right. They're with their talking animals. yeah i want ginger to talk just for a minute because ginger you have personal experience because your sister has a guide dog can,
2: so can you tell a little bit about her Experience? Yeah, I have actually twin sisters who have guide dogs, um, and so I want to say they'll kill me if I tell their age, but they've probably, <laughs> probably been close to 50 years um, that they've used um, guide dogs, and it's the Seeing Eye Institute out of Marstown, New Jersey. They've always been to the same place, um, but, you know, when years passed, they would use a cane, um, and then they were able to use um, guide dogs, and so Typically, the guide dogs, what what ends up happening, they're obviously trained, um, and then they come to their person, they come with a handler, I don't know if that's the right term, but somebody from Morristown will come here, and then they'll walk the route for a week, wherever, like my sister um, Lorraine, who you met, um, worked in Boston for the Mass um, Commission for the Blind, and so that person went with her walked to the bus, went on public transportation, well, like her whole day kind of a like, week or whatever. Right. Yeah. Until the dog knew where the dog was going. Um, and then she, she was able to get around. And so, um, you know, she's, I don't know how many, oh my goodness, how many, they probably keep working a good 10 years or so. Um, they've had a couple dogs that have gone a little bit longer that probably shouldn't have gone that long. Cause it's hard, you but know, that dog is a companion, uh, as well as a service dog. Um, but, uh, they've had wonderful, wonderful, um, success. I I always think about the
0: trust issue. Yes. Like in how much you have to, and I would say in both those situations, like, okay. In the, um, uh, services, like a service dog, like, like you're saying, like we know Lorraine has, she has to put all this trust, in this animal, but then also in the therapy dogs, Kathy, you're talking about, like, you really have to, when you're taking that therapy dog into a place, like, know your dog and trust your dog is going to be, like, fine with machines and hospitals, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah, and,
2: and yeah. alarms going off and, and right. shit, you know? I, I think I mean, trust is such a huge thing, and I, I remember when I was a kid, my, my sisters are, like, I think nine years older than me, so um, Rosemary, who was Lorraine's twin, um, was coming home. I want to say maybe it was, it was a holiday Thanksgiving, maybe, or something. And so we were going to pick her up at the train station. And so she went, she was living in Boston. She went to take the train, um, and she got close to the pit, the train pit, and the dog stopped and she thought the dog was being obstinate. And she pulled the dog and she fell into the train pit. Let mm-hmm. the dog go. The dog did not go with her. And somebody was able to pull the lever to stop the train and get her up, oh, God. Her up at the train station. And this was in the, in the 70s. So she had these big bell bottoms on, but the knees were gone. She cut her knees because she fell. Oh. So, so you absolutely have to have a trust. I mean, it's different. Obviously, it's different than an emotional therapy um, dog because the whole you know, um, relationship is different, but you know, that you're, you're relying on this animal to get you around in yep. your life to places that you can't see. And then I'll tell you a quick funny story about Lorraine. Um, Lorraine's going to kill Lorraine, you. She had, <laughs> well, Lorraine, Lorraine had her handle come and, and, you know, um, worked with her on the dog. And, the, and so the first day that she has the dog, she goes out to lunch and, um, she's coming back to her office and somebody, she stops at a light and somebody taps her on the shoulder, and she said, um, "Do you know your dog has a slice of pizza in its mouth?" <laughs> <laughs> and because said, they are dogs, after all. Oh, oh my God, God, that is the funniest thing! Oh think. my God, I don't, I don't know who she took the pizza from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it was. she took the pizza. And it was Lorraine again. With I don't think it was the same dog, but she used to stop. I don't think they do this anymore. But they. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> Right, you can stop and get a newspaper and magazine and, and whatever. And she would get her coffee there every day before she went to work. And so one day, um she heard something hit the ground, and she was feeling around, <laughs> and it was a packet of Rolos. You know those candy Rolos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she said to the to the person, okay, so it must have been wet from was in, was in the dog's mouth. And she said, "Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'll pay for those." And the guy said, "Well, I didn't want to say anything, but but she takes one every day." <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> <even laughs> <talk? laughs> so oh my god that's the greatest anyway um my two funny stories but um yeah i mean they rely on everything and as we were just talking mean it just it's not for them it is a, a service dog but it is also an emotional therapy dog of yeah. course yeah, yeah absolutely
1: it's and the thing you
2: know uh, so another big
1: difference between service dog i'm I, you know i i kind of feel like I almost feel like I need to not talk about the emotional support animals because I just am not up to date enough yeah, on, yeah. on what's going on with them. But like service dogs, you do not pet in public. You see somebody walking with a service dog, and usually they have on vests that say do not pet. To me, yeah. As opposed to therapy dogs, like, unless they're specifically on a visit, um, they're just your pet. They're just, there's nothing, there's nothing special. They have no... That's and that's the big thing is like I said with the with the ADA for for service animals, um, they can go on any public transportation of any kind. They can they are allowed in restaurants. They're allowed anywhere. Therapy dogs have no rights like that because they really are just a pet unless they are doing a visit. Yeah. Um, Kath, can and, you talk
0: a bit about because I know because because okay you're but you're a you're, you instruct people and you evaluate people. I do. I do. So, so can you talk a little bit about that. Cause you've said that there is this whole certification thing and it's a really important piece. It's a, su- it's a super, super important piece. So I, I
1: belong and, and work with, um, Pat partners, which is a national organization. Um, I believe it to be the gold standard in, therapy dog or therapy animal stuff Um, and the reason there are a few reasons for that but um, a couple that stand out to me are the handler has to take a class so I'm an instructor for a handler class this is not about dog training this is just about the handler and we spend time um, talking to the human about all kinds of different visiting scenarios, things that could happen, um, infection control protocol, HIPAA rules and regulations. You know, my, the, the, my favorite students, uh, you know, the, my favorite attendees of the workshops are social workers because they get all that stuff already. Yeah, yeah, right. And they understand the um, the importance of the human in the... In the relationship, so we refer to ourselves as therapy animal teams. So it's not just I have a therapy dog and I'm just holding the leash. Uh, it's it's the both of us together, and you know, not that I'm doing any sort of social work or anything like that, but I need to be aware enough about you know even language around handicaps and stuff and uh, around disabilities yeah, yeah. and th- things
0: to say, things not to say. Um, can I ask, ask, like, okay, so you're saying you're training, training, air quotes, whatever you want to say, evaluating, whatever, teaching the handler. Yes. But, but, and not the dog, but, but obviously they got to come in with a dog that's like trained. Right. But That's kind of their responsibility.
1: That is their responsibility. Right. Because really, um, so there are a couple, there, there are two pieces to, to the evaluation we don't call it a test. (laughs) We call it, we call it an evaluation. Um, The first, the first half of the evaluation is basically based on the AKC's canine good citizen program. So I always tell people who are interested and who, who take the workshop and are like, yeah, my dog, like, I want to do this. So we say, you know, if you can pass an a canine good citizen test you, you know that's what that's what the first half of our test is, and that is you know um the loose leash walking this the the obedience commands kind of thing, meeting
0: another dog um and not you know reacting to it um Being okay around the noises we were talking about before and stuff. Um, So that's actually, so the second half of the evaluation, we actually
1: do role play. So we set up scenarios similar to what you might encounter on a visit. So we do, um, we do this like exuberant and clumsy petting is one of, is, is the first. And, and, and basically all of the, the exercises that are done throughout the evaluation they they start easy and they climb in intensity they get harder and harder and
0: harder so oh um, at the end or you you know like it's so the very (laughs) right petting and the next it's like people running and alarms going off maybe yes
1: so yes so we do um so we do the clumsy petting and and we use different voices because you never know the population you're going to see if they have motor skill issues or if they have you know issues where they talk funny or, or or just loud or soft or whatever, and it's really interesting when you do it um like sometimes i'll go and i'll I'll talk very loud, and then other times it's like some animals react to like if you whisper they're like, why are you whispering you know mm-hmm. um, and then we do like uh." distractions with visual distractions and audio auditory distractions we do a scenario where there are people yelling and how does the animal react and it's not like we don't expect and i'm going to just keep it to dogs just to simplify things um but it's not like we don't expect the dog to react to things it's really if he reacts how does he recover how does how does the human help him recover. Are they even aware that the dog has reacted? Um and one of the things that I always say to people is um like I drop one of the the auditory distraction is a lot of times I'll have a clipboard and I'll drop the clipboard. I jump. Even though I'm dropping the clipboard, it's like I don't know why, but you know, a lot of times if I forget what I'm doing and I'm just on autopilot and I drop it, it's like, oh my God, that just like that was a loud sound. So it's not like we don't expect them to go. Oh my gosh, what was that? It's how did they recover? Did you help them recover? Did you even notice that they startled kind of thing? So so um. So there's all these exercises. You know, the first the first part is just basically their their skills, their obedience skills, basically, and the second part is their aptitude. Um, I used to. When I very first started, I, I used to think like, well, this is something you can, you know, if you have a dog who has a, the temperament for this work, you know, do the, do the skills part, do all the obedience part, and then the aptitude is, well, they're, they're born with that temperament and it's fine. But what I've found through the years of doing this, because I've been with pet partners since 2007. So my first therapy dog was um Angus and he was just nothing bothered this dog no man in a hat wearing a robe with a walker nothing bothered him um since then i've had other dogs that were bothered by it but i was able to through just repetitive um desensitizing
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: so i always say to people like if you really want it but you know that you're dog doesn't like baby strollers or wheelchairs or something, desensitize them to it. Get around them all the time and, and use treats and let them know it's a positive thing. And you really can get it to where um, they're comfortable with it. So, so that's kind of like the, oh, and then with pet partners, the other thing that, the other reason that I'm with them and I love it and it's kind of a love hate thing is that pet partners is the only organization I believe I could be wrong, but I believe that every two years you have to reevaluate.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So I have a, I have kind of a two part question, Uh, maybe three parts. I'm not sure. Um, Are there any, and I, this is just me being ignorant of it. Are there certain dogs that are better called to this or no? It's all about temperament and you know, whatever a Doberman and or a, a shepherd could be just as good as a poodle. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There and. are there are any any dog.
1: Um okay. I have evaluated probably the the best team I ever evaluated, and I'm just gonna say shout out to Max, was a pitbull owned by a man an African American mm-hmm. and it was by far they were so on now he's a dog trainer so kudos to him and he's very passionate he loves his dog but he um the the connection between the two of them was so strong and he had so done his work and he basically I, I told him afterwards I was like you guys were rock stars you know, you see, a, you see a pit bull walk into you, Cause I don't know what dogs are coming before they come to the evaluation. They sign up online and blah, blah, blah. But you see a pit bull come in and, and it, but it's one of those things that it's like, and this dog, I can't remember his name. Anyway, I think his name was diesel, but anyway, he comes in and he was massive. Like beefy. beefy
0: yes. pit. I love those guys. Oh
1: my gosh. He, his head was just massive. But as soon as I looked in his eyes, I was like, oh my goodness, you are just a love. Oh. And the guy had done his work with the dog. And I said to them afterwards, like, you are probably, and to this day still, they are probably the best team I've ever evaluated. That's awesome. and, and the guy basically said, like, I'm a black guy and I got a pit bull. Like, I am all about putting it out there that, like, don't don't stereotype us, you know, yeah. we're we're all just beings and blah, blah, blah. And it was he was incredible.
0: They were incredible. So the, the the other part of that question is kind of like a, does anybody, and I know you've, we've talked about this a little bit before, so I'm gonna make you do the hard part of this. So <laughs> I'm assuming people fail. And, or I don't like to use the word fail, but so i So Yes, so, so it,
1: in pet yes. partners, in pet partners lingo, you do not fail. You, um, there are, there are a couple of ways that you could not be, not finish the evaluation and have me say, congratulations, you're a therapy dog team, fill out all your paperwork and blah, blah, blah. Um, is they either get a not ready, which means that they didn't score high enough in the exercises to, on that day it's just a snapshot in time on that particular day you know come back again try again type thing and they can try you know as soon as the next day like whenever the next evaluations are offered you can get a um i'd call it a i mean you'd call it fail we'd call it a fail it's called a not not it's an NA and it's basically everyone like is not a chance. <laughs> <I> mean,
0: <laughs> right. <Sorry>. And that <laughs> is that
1: is that either the the human or the animal did something that scored like they bit somebody or they um but the human can you know you swear you do something you just go it go i and i've never had one of those i have never had had and i've done a lot of evaluations and i've never had to give somebody an na which means at least with the organization i'm in you can never retest
0: yeah. um i, 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 I the, know what happens but i've never had it happen i have to say this this is a caveat and it's just funny i used to work for a vet and you know, there's on the file, there would be like a red sticker or something like that, that like will bite like WB or something like about the dog or whatever. But we used to have something that said, O W B owner will bite. And it (laughs) was just a thing to say, okay, this chick is really gnarly every time she comes in, you know, something like that. So anyway. So, but you know, it's interesting. I say, I've never, I've never given anybody an N.A.,
1: but I have definitely, had to say to the person, they're getting an NR, which is a not ready. And they basically, I've, I've had a couple of people, but one in particular that I'm remembering who basically fought me on it and said, can we just keep going? Like basically, okay, I know, but I wanna see how the rest of the test goes. And I always say, no, because if like, like I said in the beginning, the the exercises are are done in a certain order, so that they get more stressful. Yeah. So if you're already at a, at a not ready, and you keep going, there is
0: a chance that- You're gonna blow it, blow it. You're gonna blow it, and you're never gonna be able to test it. Because also, there's gotta be some energy in there too. I mean, you oh, know, totally. I know, like, I've been in agility classes, and I've been in dog obedience classes and stuff, and even though it's not like I'm like, going for a therapy animal, you're still stressed, because you still want your dog to perform. Yes. So when you're at that, you know, Distance sit stay or you know whatever, Mm -hmm. and Gigi gets up and starts walking towards you. You're like no, you know now your energy is wonky exactly, and And especially if you're going to what you're saying, and now your energy is wonky, and how are you going to recover that energy and then keep going as it gets worse? Right, right, exactly.
2: I have a question that's a little bit outside of that, and so I'm going to just sidestep them a second around animal communication because (laughs) animals don't want to be doing this work. And now I just, I I told you guys earlier that I had a funny story, but I, you know, we used to take care of this dog who was like, as you mentioned, Kathy earlier, like it has to be a therapy dog. I mean, the dog has such a great temperament, blah, 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 blah. And so this woman went through, I think it was a good canine citizen, um, mm-hmm. the beginning of that. She went through it twice with him. And mm-hmm. he did everything until the day of the evaluation. And then he refused to do anything. I mean, oh, she couldn't yeah. even move. He just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. So um, he obviously <laughs> didn't want to do it. She, she tried a couple times. So what is your experience finding, particularly after you started to do animal communication, um, how quick would you tell? Uh-huh. Really,
1: really, really quickly. And it was super difficult because basically I had been evaluating. I can't remember. I can't remember when, when I became an evaluator, but it was probably about five years before I started doing animal communication stuff. And I had always noticed, you know, because I always say like, it's not like we took classes and then suddenly we could communicate with animals. We were always doing it. We just right. didn't know we were doing it. So I oftentimes would get animals and I would be like, well, the person really wants their dog to be a therapy dog. The dog could care less.
2: Right.
1: Um, but when I started taking the animal communication classes and stuff it was like the universe was like, we're going to send all the dogs to Kathy that don't want to be therapy dogs. And I will tell you, so they keep track of, um, you know, I send in my, my score sheets and stuff. And it's like, I can remember one day I had five people I evaluated, not a single one. Or I should say every single one got a not ready. They were all, and it was just one of this. And and I remember talking to my animal communication teacher at the time, and she was like, yeah, that's the universe, like, talking to you, saying, you sure you want to keep doing this? Because what I was finding was um, years ago, therapy dogs became, it became the thing. Everybody wanted to have a therapy dog, and it became, I don't know, it's like, you know, it, it's on the news a couple times, and then it just blows up into everybody wants to do this for whatever reason. And it's really cool. Yeah. Cause they all want to
0: be helpful incredibly and incredibly impactful to help. Cause I have a dog that I love, etc.
1: Right. And you know, it's, it's really hard to tell somebody that basically they have to come
0: back another time because they, you know, for lack of a better word, they didn't pass. So ginger, that was a great question. But Kathy, do you ever, do you ever, I mean, I, you know, there's this whole permission thing with us with animal communicators. You can't just say, Hey, I was just talking to your dog and you know, he's no, I don't
1: do that. So I don't, I don't, I just, I never like,
0: But I know them know that it seems to you, like the dog is like, totally not like, no. So I
1: have, but it's, so I'll, I'll give you this one example. So there was a woman, she was actually a veterinarian. She had a a 10 year old dog. I don't remember the breed. She was a lovely woman. And I was very excited because I had done a couple people who, who got not ready. So I was like, Oh, this is a renewal, you know, cause like I said, every two years you have to retest. And the reason that we, that pet partners and, and I'm right there with them feel so strongly about the every two years is animals change as they age. Mm-hmm. They're what they're tolerant of changes. Yeah. And For the humans, we humans tend to get very lazy, (laughs) you know, our, we don't work on the sit and the down and the stay and the come when called as much if we think, well, all I have to do is pass once and then I never have to test again. Um, So this woman came in, I was very excited. So she's talking and she's like, this is his fourth renewal. We see kids every week, blah, blah, blah. And he was... 10 years old they like this was it and he was a I can't remember what he was but he was a big dog so he was like he was definitely a senior dog and he was doing things but I could tell right from the beginning that it's like yeah, he's yeah. not really in it and yeah. they're not really connected so I'm like trying really hard to make it so that they're going to you know be able to renew successfully but we got to, um, there's one exercise called, called come when called, and it's basically you put your dog in a stay, you walk 10 feet away, I as the evaluator go and pet your dog, and then I tell the human when to call the dog. And so that is, um, we want to make sure that your dog is comfortable with a stranger with them and not shying away from me or trying to run to you. But we want to make sure that the connection with the human is strong enough that um, if someone else is petting him, if the human calls him, he still comes to his human. Okay. This dog would not come to her.
0: Dog was going, Kathy, could you please tell her I don't want (laughs) to. And
1: and that's where, and that's where we were. So this is still like the first half of the exam. And I'm, you know, And, um, he, he definitely was, so the first time I said, call your dog, I still had my hand on him and he was like, I'm not, I no I'm not coming. And so then I was, I, she was upset. And because it was someone who had been through this several times, I, um, I said, I, I took my hand off and was thinking, well, maybe if I'm not touching him, he'll be more willing to go to her. Nope, nope. He, still nope. Didn't, he still didn't go to her. So then I stood up, and um, I said, I'm going to give you one more try, even though I shouldn't have, like, that's kind of against the rules. But I could see where it was going. And <laughs> I said, you know, so I stood up, so I wasn't right down next to him, and I said, call your dog. And he got up, because he was in a sit, he got up, he took like two or three steps toward her and then turned around and sat at my feet. Mm. And I was like, yeah, so here's the thing. Like he's, he's, he's been saying it. And I remember going through and saying, remember when you were doing this and doing this and doing this, like he's not in it. And she was really upset. But so what she, she would
0: was... understand, could she see that or not no. really? Cause she
1: couldn't, I was and,
0: on the prize kind of thing. She couldn't because her only thought
1: was, what am I going to tell the kids? Mm. Which I understand Uh, though, like, I don't, you know, I want to keep visiting with them. And I was just like, you know, and he didn't do anything egregious. Like he just got a not ready. And and so, Uh, yeah, so it's, it's hard. I mean, it's really, you know, especially for like my personality, like I don't want to tell someone that they're not going to pass or anything. Um, but it's super, super important. It's so, I don't think people understand the value of the connection with your animal when you're in situations. And so, you know, a few of the rules that, that I follow, and they're, they're it's, it's partly because I, you know, I've been with pet partners so long, is like when I'm doing a visit with my dog, if someone's touching my dog, I'm touching my dog. Because I can tell so much about what's going on with him through his skin, Mm. if he's nervous or whatever. Um, But it's really, you know, like now that I've kind of said
0: all the hard stuff,
1: (laughs) I would love I got to
0: say this, I got to say this, uh, bravo for you, because that's got to be, you've got to do, you know, so just like when we're doing animal communication, we've got to have a a sense of detachment around because you want them to pass. Of course, and I always say that to people, like, just
1: so you know, I know that this is, you know, it's an evaluation. You think of it as a test. All I can say is, I want you to pass. And we actually role play through the whole thing. So the way that I start my role playing is I say, so we're going to, you know, we're going to do this evaluation. And the way we're role playing is you guys are going to pretend that you are already a therapy team. And, you know, you've already passed your test and you're coming to my facility and we're going to role play that our facility puts you through their own like in-house evaluation too. But just, you know, put it in your mind like, okay, I'm, I've already, I know I can do this. I've already passed and now can, you know, they just want to see it in action.
0: Yeah.
1: But yes, oh, I absolutely want every, I don't think I've ever had a team where when they walked in, I didn't
0: go, I hope they pass. Right. And, you know, it's just... Ginger, I have a question, and this has nothing to do with anything, but I was just curious. When Kathy was saying they have to reevaluate, does Lorraine ever, do they go back ever? Like, their guide dogs, do they, or no? No, they I, don't. I, I have no idea if...
2: Yeah, they don't, but it's interesting, um, because you both know, because we've had Lorraine on the podcast, that she had an accident last year and fell and broke her shoulder, or broke her top of her arm in multiple places, and so she wasn't able to keep the dog, Um, because she wanted, the dog was fairly new to her, it'd be a little less than six months. So she did send her back to New Jersey. And then of course the pandemic hit and you know, blah, 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 she was going a lot longer. But the thought is that you want to make sure that they're in working mode, um, Uh all of the time, because I said to her, she has a friend who lives near her, keep her. And then have Heather, her, her friend, come and walk her. And she said, I don't want to do that because if it's five months or four months or six months and she's out of practice, I need her yeah, to be. To good.
0: I didn't even think that.
2: Especially for what,
1: what they do. I mean, that's so, I mean, particularly for a seeing eye dog or a guide, a guide dog. Right. Um, yeah, you, you want to make sure that they've, because it's not right. just, in that case, it's not just
0: walking the dog. You know exactly. right, right right they got to be in working mode
2: yeah in a lot of cases like i said lorraine worked in boston my sister rose did too for um for a while and so they're taking public transportation they're crossing yes. the city you know they need to get to the grocery store you know wherever so you, you have to have a dog that's in good working order yeah um, yeah
0: that makes sense that makes sense yeah. so kathy this was amazing I, I i i mean we've talked about this before but never to that um level so thank you for that is there something you want to leave anybody w- with like if they if somebody's like looking to do this I, I, do you have any tips or pointers um you know definitely you can
1: go out to petpartners.org um to to read up they they you have to like they have all kinds of resources and stuff that you can can look into um and actually now that the the, the workshops are online so you can take the workshop online versus in, in person because we're not doing in person and they've been doing that for a while because there were places in the country where there just weren't enough instructors um yeah my recommendation is um practice 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 and more practice <laughs> okay. um it's it's a big thing it's um you know i had someone who only did the obedient stuff in their living room uh. Um, well that doesn't fly with the, you know, it's, you have to go to all different kinds of scenarios, but what I would really leave people with is it's, it's an incredible impact you can make on people and on me personally, like I have, um, my, so Angus was my first therapy dog. Um, and we started out going to elementary schools and doing a reading program with children. So, um, kids who were struggling like struggling learners learning how to read like in first and second grade would come and do spend time reading out loud to the dog as a, you know, practicing with this non-judgmental being. So I used to come with my backpack and, and, and Angus who was this big long haired shepherd um, and he'd lay on the blanket and they would read to him. And, and it was amazing to Uh see these kids, um, And my very first, I'll just share one story because it was, it was so cool. It was the first time I took Angus to our children's hospital in Providence. Um, It was my very first time in the hospital with him. And we went, I don't remember what unit we were on, but we were, we were next to the nurse's station and there was a little girl and she was sitting in the doorway of her hospital room and she had all these like, um, she had all these things attached to her head. Like she definitely had, had some stuff going on and all the, I don't know what they're called. Like electrodes or like something. Like electrodes, okay. exactly. And uh she really wanted to see the dog. And, and so the, the child life specialist who, who escorted me around the hospital was trying to check in with someone to see if it was okay. Because obviously we don't know if she, you know, if she's allergic to dogs or anything like that. And While the child, so I kind of stayed at the nurses station, and um, there was a a doctor that was sitting at the nurses station, and he was the neurologist, and he said, "Could you help me if we find out that this little girl could um, visit with him?" And he said, "I I've been here for two hours. I'm trying to." do a test on her and basically like we could use the dog as an incentive oh my
0: god that's so
1: and it was one of these things that all he wanted to do was and she was a young girl she was maybe five years old like she was little um all he wanted to do was shine a, a flashlight in his in her eyes to check something i you know who knows i don't know but um it was one of those like okay little girl you know This this is the doctor saying it to her, whatever her name was. Like, let me do this test and then you can see, you know, let me check your eyes and then you can see the dog. And it was interesting because she really wanted to see Angus, but not enough. She was just afraid for whatever reason of what this guy was going to do to her. And he was trying to tell her, um, he was trying to tell her, like, all I want to do is take this and, and, you know, pointed eyes. at your eyes and whatever, but she was afraid and and then he said to me, he said, could I do it to the dog? And he said, how about if I show you what I'm gonna do and I'll show it on the dog? And I was like,
2: sure. I have
1: no idea, but we can try. And so thank goodness Angus was good. And he yes. just sat there and let the guy do, do the lights in his eyes. And as soon as the doctor did it to Angus, the little girl was like, Okay, I'll do it. And it took three seconds.
0: Oh my god, that's so awesome. And the
1: doctor looked at me and he goes, Two hours. Two hours. I've been <laughs> and trying. Three seconds. <laughs> and then you bring the dog, you know, and it's just one of those like yeah. you just you never know. And and it's but what's interesting is we did a few visits there, but you mentioned it earlier. I should have known with Angus that a hospital setting would be a challenge for him because he was one of, he's not with us anymore, but he was one of those animals that when the low battery alarm on my oh my God. would go off, he typical shepherd, typical just, shepherd. he would become unhinged. Yep. Guess what machines sound just like the low battery detector yeah. signal.
0: Yeah.
1: So... Yeah. I, it got to the point where he just, he, he would get stressed out. And what would happen is when Shepard, well, at least him, when, when he got stressed out, he shed coat. Oh God. So <laughs> I'd be walking down the hall yeah. in a very sterile, clean hospital. Right. And it'd be <laughs> like, there goes pig pen. <laughs> walking yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Air flying everywhere because he was stressed out. Yeah. And so I
0: basically had to say, I can't do this anymore. It's not a good fit for my dog. That's another thing that I like, because like I just asked you like tips. So my guess is that would be kind of one of your tips. Learn to read your dog. Right. You really, really try to learn to be like, I like what you said, like your hand is on your dogs. If someone else is petting their dogs, yes. that's a really cool thing to tell people to do because if you're so close to, and and obviously we're, we the three of us are very in tune to that because we're animal communicators but it's a anybody can feel stress you can feel that yes because dogs they tighten up their skin i don't
1: know what it is but their their skin gets very tight around their body when they're stressed
0: yeah Um, And, and you 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 can you can know if your dog is I don't want to do this. I mean, I understand and it's, it's also and sometimes, and it. sometimes
1: they get stressed and it's okay. And they yeah. just, but it's like your hand being on them lets them know, like, literally I've got you. I'm yeah. right here. I'm not, yeah. I'm, we're a team. Yeah. I'm not going to let anything happen.
0: And let me tell you, I know how, how important it is for, you know, kids and elderly and, and certain, you know, either hospital or assisted living or, or, you know, whatever hospice care or something like that. But let me tell you, I've been in the airport and there's a, yeah. a therapy dog walking around and I'm like me, me, uh-huh. you know, like me, come to me. You know what I mean? And, and I'm a fairly reasonable adult. you And you know, and, what you mean? know and, and,
1: and, and, and I say to people too, adult. that, all dogs are therapy dogs mm-hmm. <laughs> or us. So I have three dogs right now. Fenway, Fenway's a little rock star. He loves it. He's, he was, he was built for it. You know, he's, he's awesome. Phoebe, my other Cavalier. So same breed, everything. She passed the test but I could tell very quickly doing visits with her that she did not enjoy it at all. She was basically doing it for me. Just going through the motions. And she would continue doing it for me as long as I asked her to, but I won't do that to her because it's not fair to her. Odin, my adorable, so my, my tiny little thing, you know, my 175 pound dog is my therapy dog. I won't, I won't say never, but, he he wouldn't pass the test today. He'd get a not ready.
0: He's oh, just my therapy dog when I'm at your house too, just
1: yes, right. He's <laughs> everybody's therapy dog. So it's one of those like, you know, when someone doesn't when when someone someone's dog doesn't, you know, gets a not ready, it's not that they're a bad dog. It's not right. that they're not a good dog. They're all lovely. It's just it's a personality thing. And some dogs are meant for it and some dogs are And Phoebe is just as wonderful as Fenway but she'd rather be in her own house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally understandable. Like, I feel that way a lot too. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, This has been so cool. And this is one of those really cool ones where, you know, we all know each other so well, but a lot of things we don't delve into. So, this yeah. is really the first time that we've really kind of delved into this. Um, so, that was really great. So, thank you for all yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So, anyone who's listening, um, two things you can, you can go to petpartners.org. That, again, that is just one of, a few national organizations and that's the one that I belong to and I I firmly believe is is behind their their principles and their standards but the other thing is is if anyone has questions or want like I could talk about therapy dog stuff forever um feel free yeah. to message on, on the Facebook group or or send me a message however and I'm happy to to you know answer more questions if someone has more like specific stuff they want to know Yeah, that's
0: great. The Facebook group, you can always put in there. But if you go to our website, thepsychicwives.com, all of Kathy's contact information is in there. So you can get a direct email from her. Yeah, absolutely. She's on thepsychicwives.com page. So if you have any...
1: Yeah, or just go to our Facebook
0: group at at, at The the psychicwives. And put it in there because she could definitely point you in the direction if this is something that you are considering doing or would like to at least um look into so um that would be cool so thank you again you're welcome uh, that was awesome so again anybody facebook page the psychicwise.com uh what else do we tell them if you have any questions put them apple on the apple podcast
1: spotify tell your friends yeah
0: apple podcast spotify tell your friends um we always post our episodes on the facebook page and if you don't like our Facebook page, go like the Facebook page because then you'll get notifications, I believe, about when we do things live in Facebook because we do Facebook lives and do readings and, and answer questions and stuff like that in there. So it's a um, it's a good thing to do to like that page. Absolutely. So thank you, everybody, um, for listening. And we will... Did I miss anything? I don't think I oh, did. No, well,
1: that's everything.
0: Um, cool. And we will... Um, talk at you again (laughs) next week. (laughs) Bye everyone! Bye. Bye!